This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Deborah Rojas, DZ13480, of Garrison, Argentina. Deborah is remembered for her charisma, unyielding sympathy, and companionship. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. We actually had one person email us, hi Wesley, and one person uh, message our Facebook page, hi Lori, and ask when our next show was going to be. So we know at least two people missed us. Thanks, fans. (laughs) (laughs) So here it is, the long-awaited episode 87 for February 2015, and I'm your host, Scott, SL9854. And this is Nikki, DZ8397. So the Legion is currently uh, at 6,994 members with 12,297 approved costumes in the Legion. I'm going to talk about that in a second. In this episode, we're going to talk about the new museum exhibit, a huge comic con for Portugal, Star Wars celebration updates, and a Star Wars musical. Stay tuned. Recent news. Well, as we record this episode, there's less than four days left for active 501st Legion members to cast their vote in the annual 501st Legion elections. It might be all said and done by the time we publish this, but just in case, be sure to head to 501st.com slash elections to vote for LCO, uh, CO if your unit happens to be having that election, squad if you have squads, and detachments. Can I just say that, first of all, yes, be sure to vote. Second of all, did you notice how the numbers in the beginning of the show, we went down slightly in membership, which it happens every year during the census, you know, and we'll get some back. But members went down and costumes went up. Mm. That's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, so we have less members, but less, more members but more making more costumes. costumes. <laughs> exactly. And, well, you know, with Celebration coming soon and the Star Wars movie coming out, I'm sure that's not going to change whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know, I at least, I'm working on a second costume because I only have the Jawa. But that gets really difficult to wear for summer troops. So I'm trying to have, you know, different seasonal costumes, something for the winter, something for the summer. So what costume are you working on? Can you tell us? uh, Admiral Dalla. Aha. I've had my icon on the 501st Legion forums and Fan Force forums before that. So, you know, going on like probably 15 years now, I've always used Admiral Dalla as my avatar but i've never had the costume so i'm like finally <laughs> i should work on this You're like, i'm gonna make it happen <laughs> that's awesome good so next up we have an update on storming australia what's what's scott what's scott up to <laughs> yeah what's that scott up to <laughs> well it looks like 
Uh, back on February 6th, Scott Loxley hit day 300 on his walk around Australia to fundraise for Monash Children's Hospital. His story spread like wildfire a few weeks before that when his sand trooper armor helped repel a deadly snake bite. So in case you didn't hear about that, you heard that right. Deadly snake bite. I mean, who said stormtrooper armor wasn't good protection, right? <laughs> his donation, his donations have topped the $50,000 mark, which is half of his $100,000 goal. So be sure to follow Scott's journey on Facebook to check out the donation links in our show notes. Yeah, that was definitely amazing. We had people writing in the Facebook page for, you know, the 501st Legion Facebook page saying, did you hear about right. this guy? We're like, I saw the photos afterwards. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that armor will protect you against nothing except a snake bite. Apparently. <laughs> so our Imperial Officer Corps detachment uh, published a newsletter last month, which we'll have a link to in our show notes. Uh, in the newsletter, you'll find a message from the detachment leader and other officers, plus celebrations of new members to the detachment and members who've exceeded Legion requirements to get advanced accuracy recognition. So go check out the link in our show notes. Yeah. And we've also had a few new units since our last episode. Did I just say since? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One of those is the Imperial Sands Garrison, which split off Rebel Traders from the Southern California Garrison. Uh, no, I'm kidding. It's terrific. They were formerly the San Diego Squad, which formed in the year 2000. You can learn more about them at www.imperialsandsgarrison.com or on their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Imperial Sands Garrison. Another squad which recently developed into their own garrison is Diamond Garrison, which was formerly Star Garrison's Arkansas Crimson Nova squad. So, welcome to these new garrisons. Awesome. Well, there's a... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just breathing heavily. As <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader should again. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's a new Star Wars traveling costume exhibit, which always excites members of the 501st and Rebel Legion. It's debuted at the EMP Museum in Seattle, Washington. It's called Rebel Jedi Princess Queen, Star Wars and the Power of Costume. It's called from the collection of the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art and is a partnership of the museum, the Smithsonian Institute Traveling Exhibi Exhibition Service, and Lucasfilm. It's a 12-city na national tour and will be in Seattle until October 4th, 2015. So you have almost a whole year to go check it out. But so far, that's the only museum that's booked on the schedule. Hopefully, though, now that it's launched and people can see what it's about, um, more museums will start booking. However, it's $400,000 to get the exhibit to come to your museum, so likely only the larger cities will be able to afford to host it. We'll have a link in our show notes to a PDF that lists all of the costumes that are included in the exhibit. For a second, sorry, I thought you said it was $400,000 a visit. And I was like, well, that's expensive. I'm never going. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, to get them to visit your city. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what the museum to has to pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you can just come to my house for $40 a visit, and I'll show you five or six costumes. <laughs> <laughs> but as oh. the uh, the title sort of hints at, it's definitely heavily um, Padme costumes. Yeah. So definitely for the uh, the female Rebel Legion costumers, this is definitely the place to go to. I think there's one costume that's never been on exhibit before. Um, some of the handmaiden costumes, which are you know difficult to figure out 
the exact color schemes. You'll be able to see those in person. Right. Um, so definitely cool. I, I saw a couple of photos that were shared from our friends at the Comlink online and noticed that they had gone up there for the opening as well. So there's some really amazing stuff at that exhibit. Mm-hmm. And speaking of exhibits, um, Madame Toussaint's in London just recently announced they're working on a Star Wars experience in collaboration with Disney and Lucasfilm, and it should be ready this May. There's going to be 11 iconic scenes made in wax. The Trade Federation Bridge from Episode 1, the lightsaber duel between Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul, obviously from Episode 1. Mustafar, obviously from Episode 3, which can feature Anakin as he lifts his lightsaber in his fateful duel with Obi-Wan. The uh, Cantina Bar, featuring Han Solo. Uh, The Tatooine Landscape, which will have C-3PO and R2-D2. The Flight Deck of the Millennium Falcon, that'll have Chewbacca. Uh, Death Star, uh, which will have two stormtroopers on it. The Swamps of Dagobah, which will have a Yoda on it. And the I Am Your Father scene with Darth Vader. Jabba's Throne Room, which is going to feature Princess Leia, Jabba the Hutt, and Salacious Crumb, plus Han Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite. And the Death Star Throne Room, which will have Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader locked in battle as the evil Emperor Palpatine looks on. (laughs) So this is definitely a a big change for them because usually they'll have, obviously, they're internationally famous for having the wax statues. This is the first time where they've really gone all out and tried to make a whole set piece kind of to... to Write a scene. scene. Yeah. That's a really big undertaking, I have to say. I mean, and just listening to those, you know, that they're going to do, I'm, I'm that... It's impressive already, and I haven't seen anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, then you, too, should check out the link that we're going to have in our show notes. Right. Because there is a sneak peek at the um, Dagobah and Yoda scene that actually took a team of 10 artists four months to finish. Wow. So that's just that one section. Well, I don't listen to the 5-0 first cast. I don't like that one guy, Scott. He knows me. Whatever. <laughs> well, uh, another bit of interesting news. Season 8 of the reality show Face Off started back on January 13th on the Sci-Fi Channel. And guess what? One of the contestants is Rob Miller, DZ5068, from the Great Lakes Garrison. That's pretty impressive stuff. Nice. So we'll have a link to our show notes where you can catch the episodes online in case you don't get Sci-Fi on your TV as well. Yeah, I, I'm one of those. I don't get Sci-Fi on my TV, so I'll have to catch up. But I... Sounds like he's been doing great. You know, it's so funny. I actually love that show, and this is the first season I just haven't watched. I've completely missed every episode so far because oh. uh, I think it's a fantastic show, the way they do all the, uh, the the makeups and monsters and everything they do. So I definitely am going to check it out. Now, the first in a series of auditions took place this past weekend, February 14th and 15th, in Toronto and Vancouver for a Star Wars musical in Canada, which will debut in 2016. Many of the roles will be filled through traditional agency casting calls, but some are being open to the general public. These roles will be non-musical, so you don't have to have any previous musical training whatsoever. And they include Chewbacca, R2-D2, Jar Jar Binks, and Jabba the Hutt. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure we want to hear any of them singing anyways, so, you know, no big loss there. Um, But those who didn't make the auditions last week, they can also audition via voicemail. So we'll have a link in our show notes with instructions on how you can do that. That's got to be interesting. That's got to be interesting to listen to that. Hello, my name is Scott, and I'm auditioning as R2-D2. Boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop,
<laughs> what <do> you... <laughs> okay, whatever. I, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this musical is going to be about, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that okay. Jar Jar won't be singing now. Right? Oh, me is so sad. <laughs> I can't even do it, George. That was sad enough. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, several of our units headed to their local comic book stores last, last month to pick up one, or probably more, of the covers for issue number one of Star Wars. Now that the comic book is back at Marvel, they kicked it off in a big way with dozens of different covers. Following closely was the release of the Darth Vader number one, which hit more than 300,000 pre-orders at the end of January. So it, too, will have a slew of various covers, uh, some of which you can check out in the link in where? Our show notes. Mm -hmm. By the way, Darth Vader number one hit comic stands February 11th, and Princess Leia number one is due out soon as well. Yeah, I headed to my comic book store when Star Wars number one came out so I could be sure to get my covers. I got like, I don't remember, eight of them, I think. And right. um, one of them is uh, like a connecting cover. So now I have to make sure that I get Darth Vader number one, which kind of goes like on the right half, and Princess Leia number one, which goes over uh, on the left uh, half. Uh, so they all make this big picture. So. See, sneaky. I can't do that with my digital downloads. All right. That's true. <laughs> but I still get to read them. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't quite moved into the digital realm yet. I I love comics and I just know myself and I won't I I just don't have a place to put them any place in my house anymore, so I don't collect the regular ones, which is as much as I love them, but I digitally, you know, purchase a zillion comics a year and I love to read them, so that works too. See? Well, members of our Terror Australis Garrison are helping out on a Star Wars fan film called White Armor. The premise is Generation Kill meets Starship Troopers and is set in the Star Wars universe following stormtroopers who are part of an Imperial recon unit. The film will take the viewer into the world of a recently conscripted stormtrooper and it'll show segments of the war in an observational documentary style. The heart of the story is to show the personal struggles that a stormtrooper undergoes while serving in an Imperial recon unit, how he's on the way to face his worst fears and bonds with his squad along the way. So we'll have a link to their Kickstarter page where you can read more about the project. You know, that sounds pretty fun. And it's always nice to know when one of our own uh, garrisons or our members are involved in making a fan film. I think this is going to be the year of Star Wars fan films also. Yeah, I think we talked on a previous episode about how they're finally bringing the fan film contest back. Well, Right, just bringing that back to you know San Diego Comic Con. I think I don't know if it's still is it Adam Films that's doing it or the the Fan Film Awards. I know it used yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, but but I've seen at least three or four different requests come through. Even my own email or Garrison, where you know other people are like, "Hey, we want to make a fan film. We need stormtroopers." So I'm like, "Oh, it's going to be interesting this year." <laughs> now I have no idea what Generation Kill is, though. I haven't seen that. You, uh, you know what? I, I actually do not know myself. So it's something meets Starship Troopers. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'll look it up to see what the, the whole premise is there. Starship Troopers, I know. Yeah. Lots of bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the 501st cast. Aren't you? Mission reports. 
For the seventh year, Empire City Garrison had their annual troop at the Cradle of Aviation Museum in Garden City, Long Island, New York, uh, on Saturday, November 29th. They were joined by members of Garrison Excelsior, the Rebel Legion, and Docking Bay 516, which is a fan force group on Long Island. The Empire Strikes the Cradle portion of the event was to help raise awareness for this non-profit museum and to help them increase attendance. They also ran a blaster trooper, which raised $221 for the United Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County. There was a steady stream of guests throughout the day, and uh, probably in the thousands, and wherever they went, a line would instantly form for photos. It was actually a bit exhausting for the troopers especially for those participating and running in the Blast a Trooper event, because there's a lot of running back and forth dodging darts. But they said it was all worth it. The museum was incredibly appreciative for our presence there and uh, hopes to continue to have the 501st back in the future. And in addition to taking photos with guests, handing out cards, and browsing the exhibits, troopers were also asked to host a panel to answer questions about the 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison, uh, the Rebel Legion's Echo Base as well. So there was a large audience who asked some great questions. We'll have a link uh, to a Facebook photo album in our show notes. And thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. And Portugal's first-ever Comic-Con took place back on December 5th through 7th, and our Portuguese outpost was ready for the challenge with planning that started six months prior. Once they made arrangements for changing space and other basic needs, they then put out the call for other units to join them. Members from Spanish Garrison, Ireland Garrison, and French Garrison joined the Portuguese outpost for a total of 40 troopers at the event. Just to give you a perspective, Portuguese Outpost only has 12 total members to begin with, so they had a lot of um, neighboring units who were able to come in and join them. The Outpost CO expended a huge amount of effort to make this an event to remember for all those volunteering and the public who would visit the 501st booth. They received donations from companies as well as members for prizes for the droid hunt that they ran. Since Portuguese Outpost had never appeared at an event of this magnitude before, they had many PR materials they wanted to print and purchase, like Imperial posters for booth displays, 501st leaflets on Stormtrooper, TIE Fighter pilot, and Clone Trooper costumes specifically, um, the specially formatted costume reference library that we have in, in pages that people could uh, browse, uh, the Blast Trooper posters that they needed, droid hunt flyers, they needed more banners and flags and backdrops, and all of that and more was thanks to donations from the Portuguese troopers. But all this effort paid off as they made a huge impact on the public, talking to most of them for the first time. They fully utilized this perfect opportunity to tell the fans what the 501st Legion is all about, and they promoted the 501st Legion also on social media, TV, newspapers, blogs in both Spain and Portugal. And by the end of, of it all, the troopers um, present made life-changing friendships with each other. So that's also good. But perhaps more importantly, their combined efforts helped raise 1,330 euros, which is approximately 1,500 U.S. dollars, for the Portuguese Association Against Leukemia. There was also a blood drive at the convention, and they helped gain 16 blood donors at the event in collaboration with the Portuguese National Blood Bank. And each donor received a free special blood donor patch as thanks. So for Comic-Con Portugal 2015, they're hoping even more garrisons and outposts can join them for this huge event. And check out the links in our show notes for photos and videos. And thanks to Walter, TA3738, for that report. That's just a whole lot of awesome going on right there. Yes, they definitely stepped up to the plate, uh, raised the bar, and yep. and made it a yep. huge success. Yeah, that's terrific. 
Back on December 5th, our Malaysia outpost appeared at the Mid Valley Mega Mall in Kuala Lumpur for Kids Expo. Six characters took turns in a photo op area to fundraise for Make-A-Wish, and they raised a little more than $550. The CEO for the local Make-A-Wish chapter was on hand and was very pleased with our work once again. Thanks to Kirby TK8555 for that report. Our Nordic Garrison participated in a nationwide yearly charity event that helps bring fundraising and awareness to HIV. Overall, the event was a huge success, raising more than 3 million euros over the course of the week-long event. Our troopers themselves helped earn more than 14,000 U.S. dollars towards that total. Dennis, TK15136, collected more than $470 himself by auctioning himself off as a stormtrooper for rent for a day. Troop on, Dennis. Hopefully his request that comes in for that is, you know... Not too odd. <laughs> right? He's a brave stormtrooper for sure. <laughs> so donations also came in from their Facebook friends and a local hotel, which helped troopers with their lodging for the duration of the event. So great work to all who participated. That's a huge donation amount. Yeah, that's really amazing. Of course. <laughs> it's the 501st. <laughs> <laughs> Our Costa Rica outpost was invited by Turrialba's mayor's office to take part in their December 14th Christmas parade. Turrialba is a major town in the Cartago area in Costa Rica, which is at risk from an active volcano. We'll have a link to a cute photo from the parade in our show notes. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report and for completing his 200th troop with the 501st Legion at this parade. Awesome. 200. Who who's, keeps count anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish I had kept track so that I could say, you know, when my milestone troops are. But I, I know, know, right? I know. Maybe <laughs> someday. I'll go back <laughs> and count them up. <laughs> Let's just start over. <laughs> well, Miranda, TD2079, is the XO of our Aurora Borealis Alaskan Outpost. And she also works at the Juneau International Airport. She made arrangements for a display of the top portion of her Sand Trooper armor, along with some other Star Wars and 501st promotional items, in an effort to bring awareness of the 501st Legion to anyone traveling through the airport. So we'll try to get some photos of the display in our show notes. It was a really, you know, giant, clear shadow box type display. And she had like a 501st Legion brochure and some maquettes and action figures. And wow, it was pretty cool. Some talent. (laughs) I tried a shadow box once. It didn't work out so well. (laughs) Well, six members of the Empire City Garrison attended the Toys of Hope holiday party on Thursday, December 18th. This was a local Long Island charity event. Children ages three to five and about 300 of them uh, were treated to a party with Star Wars characters, Ronald McDonald, a DJ, and the Cat in the Hat. Uh, Some other celebrities, including Sesame Street's Bob McGrath uh, and other characters, all made it a day they will never forget. Troopers welcomed them as they arrived and danced with them at the party. This was only their second troop with Toys of Hope, but they made a real impression on the organization. So we'll see if we can get some photos from the event in our show notes. And thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. On January 23rd, the CO and XO of our United Arab Emirates outpost took part in the 10K section of the Dubai Marathon. Starting at 6.45 in the morning, before it got really hot there, 
The troops were on the start line for a jolly run past some of UAE's most famous landmarks, including the Burj Al Arab, the Souk Mandanat, and the Jumarai Beach Hotel, which I've probably butchered all of those names, but <laughs> you know, yeah. Google them, they're, they're famous landmarks. <laughs> So TD-19976 managed to raise over $1,200 for Make-A-Wish UK. We'll have a link to the UAE Outpost Facebook page where you can check out photos from the event, as well as a link to a teeny bit of media coverage that they had for like one second. You saw them on the, the backs <laughs> of them on the news for the walk. So, but you know, better than nothing. Yep. Media coverage is media coverage. Everyone yeah. will be like, what are those stormtroopers doing there? And then maybe they'll Google us and find out. See? Yep. So thanks to XOEN TD19976 for that report. Well, earlier this month, our Hong Kong garrison participated in the Oxfam Walkathon. Members walked two kilometers in full armor to support the Oxfam's poverty alleviation program and carry out the spirit of the 501st Legion. So we'll have links to photos from the walk in our show notes as well. And thanks to Mankum, TK6. <laughs> Where'd six come from? I don't know. Sorry, man. <laughs> TK2328 for that report. Did you catch any of the uh, the uh, the Disney marathons that went on? Yes. Well, I saw some of the photos of people online, but... Yeah, there was uh, there was a couple of those that happened uh, earlier this month. And, uh, you know, they actually invited the 501st Legion to come out and cheer on the crowds. So it was terrific because there was a bunch of people dressed in Star Wars cost or Star Wars attire, I'll say, uh, you know, running the marathons. And then we had a lot of members out uh, that were also there just in costume to cheer them on and uh, that kind of thing. So it was really kind of a fun thing. And I'm glad to see Disney really tying in all of the Star Wars fandom as well. Yeah, because this was the first time that they really had some sort of major event at Disneyland. Right. Usually a lot of the stuff is at Disney World. Right, so. and the run went through, you know, through and around the park and everything else, so it was really quite cool. And there were some really interesting costumes. Some people made some of the, uh, the what's that little droid called now from the Force Awakens trailer, the ball droid? Oh, BB... Uh, Whatever, yeah. There was there were some people. They were I don't know spinning umbrellas. I think that were painted like the ball on the outside <laughs> with little flat hats, and you know there was funny stuff like that. So I was it's very interesting to see how creative the fans are when they're doing these things. So uh, lots of people still loving the Star Wars. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get some photos from that too in the show notes. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> this is Admiral Wilhoff Talk, and asking you to listen to the Five O First Cast. Otherwise, we'll steer the Death Star in your direction. And speaking of big theme parks in California, the newly founded Imperial Sands Garrison will be coordinating Lego Star Wars Days at Legoland California in Carlsbad, March 7th and 8th. It's one of the biggest and most popular events of the year. Approximately 70 individuals from multiple local costuming clubs signed up quickly for the four available shifts. Members of the 501st Legion, Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, and Saber Guild will be distributed into groups throughout the park and will participate in planned activities such as the park opening ceremony, photo and video ops, a droid hunt, a Star Wars costume contest for park attendees, and more. Plus, a multi-club group dinner on Saturday night is always one of the highlights of the very busy weekend. So for more information, head to the link in our show notes. And I, I don't know if there's any available shifts for members to still 
you know, sign up for. I, but I, the public at I, least can put that on their calendar to attend. Exactly. Definitely put it on the calendar. There's always a great amount of Star Wars characters there. Members from the Southern California Garrison always join them as well. Uh, so it's going to be awesome. And I think um, – yeah, I think most of the most of the uh, you know positions have been filled. Like that's one of the biggest events we do down here in the area, and uh, it's a it's a terrific turnout of characters. Well, it seems that the Imperial Sands Garrison is becoming very busy. <laughs> yeah. So our uh, the PR officer DZ four one eight nine three leads a double life as the public affairs officer for the U.S. Navy at the Naval Air Facility in El Centro, California. Uh, since convincing his skeptical base commanders to allow the 501st to troop at their annual air show five years ago, the presence of the troopers walking amongst the crowd has become a huge success for the event. Over 50,000 people come to watch the world-famous Blue Angels perform their first show of the season. The 2015 air show takes place on Saturday, March 15th, and has become a favorite event for the Imperial Sands Garrison, as well as the neighboring Southern California and Dune Sea Garrisons. Many of the troopers actually stay overnight in base housing and socialize late into the night playing X-Wing miniatures and trading swag and other items. So for more information, just head to the link in our show notes and check it out. Awesome. Now, as most of our listeners should know by now, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim is coming up April 16th through 19th. And one of the many things we have to look forward to programming-wise will be the debut of Star Wars Rebels Season 2. Fans attending Star Wars Celebration will witness the global debut of Season 2's first episode, which will be preceded by the encore of Season 1's two-part finale. Don't tell me anything. Don't tell me anything. (laughs) I don't want to know yet. (laughs) I won't. And uh, Dave Filoni and Freddie Prince Jr. and Vanessa Marshall, uh, Tyus Sarkar, Steve Bloom. I think it should be Blum, but anyways. Taylor Gray. And other special guests will take part in a panel discussion on the series. So that would be cool to, to watch that. Plus, yeah. as I'm sure people have noticed, they've started to roll out some uh, announcements on big-name guests like right. Carrie Fisher, J.J. Abrams, and Kathleen Kennedy. And I'm curious, given the prevalence of the big Han Solo on the promotional <laughs> artwork, will right. the elusive Harrison Ford attend? I don't know. Don't get excited! We'll have to wait Inquiring minds want to know. And uh, one of the other cool things, Bible First Wise, is our Legion Bash now has some limited tickets available to the public. First it was just going to be 501st, but we've yep. opened up some for the public, so we'll have a link on how you can get tickets to our party in our show notes. And for members, obviously, don't forget to head to our forums and sign up to volunteer for a character skit. Um, There's also the member code for the bash. So, you know, use our codes to get your tickets and uh, lots more information on the forums. So don't forget to head there. Yeah, definitely. Members, if you're listening, get in, get the tickets because we've opened them up to anybody who's going to be in the area. It's a limited number of tickets, uh, but they are available to the public. And we hope that we get some uh, Star Wars fans to come out and party with the 501st like nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if you also heard uh, that Weird Al is going back on tour. So uh, musical extraordinaire Weird Al Yankovic is heading back on tour, and you can see a full list of his upcoming tour stops and dates at weirdal.com forward slash tour. Or if you don't want to read uh, just a boring list of dates and places, you can check out the video by the AV Club. 
And there's a link in our show notes because I'm not going to read that link. <laughs> <laughs> now, our 501st Legion members, of course, have been asked to join him on the stage again. So be sure to check out uh, members of your local 501st on stage with Weird Al starting May 12th when his tour kicks off at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, Nevada. Definitely be cool. There's actually three performances in Garrison Excelsior Land this time. Usually it's only two. Wow. So that'll be cool. Always fun. Always fun. But weird. But fun. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Weird Al Yankovic. But you can call me Weird Al Yankovic. I'll make this super quick. I just want to let you know that I'm going on the road this year for the mandatory world tour. We're kicking it off with a five-night run at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, Nevada. Then we go right next door to Tulsa, Oklahoma for a night at the fabulous Brady Theater. Then if memory serves, uh, we play the Hudson Auditorium in Oklahoma City. Then it's off to Hard Rock Live in Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh, and then the legendary Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Then Horseshoe Tunica in Robinsonville. Then the Bloomington Center for the Performing Arts, the Mirac Theater in Indianapolis, the Soaring Eagle Casino in Mount Pleasant, Jacob's Pavilion in Monica, and Cleveland, the Palace Theater in Greensburg. Two big nights at the Wilmer Theater in Boston. Then Concord, New Hampshire at the Capitol Center for the Arts, the Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut, the Governor's Ball in New York State, American Music Theater, Lancaster, also, if you didn't hear the announcement, dates for the next set of Star Wars weekends at Walt Disney World have been announced. It'll be the last three weekends of May and the first two weekends of June. So for more information, head to the link in our show notes or you can go to Disney's website and there's, you know, links off of there that I'm sure you can find on your own. But we'll give you the link just in case. You know, soon they won't even have to announce Star Wars weekends. It'll just be Star Wars year round at Disney places. <laughs> I'm not really wishful thinking. I'm sure I'm, they're going to make it happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's they're, they're going to expand the whole Star Wars area. So, uh -huh. you know, Star you know, Wars the first all the time. Thing, you'll, you'll get to go into one area and you get to, like, you know, fall down into some dirt and jump up and look all confused and look left and look right. Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, that'll be one ride. <laughs> and then another will be, like, going across a lake, like, in an X-Wing thing. I can foresee how that will look. That'll be fun. <laughs> okay yes i've watched the trailer like way too many times i'm still excited <laughs> oh definitely anyway oh <laughs> yeah you can do that part. definitely for more upcoming events be sure to check out our friends at roku depot they publish a Databurst from the 501st which contains upcoming events from as many of our legion units as they can gather data from Okay, now, do you watch Star Wars Rebels? I do, except for I think I might be a week behind. Same here. So the last episode I saw was when the old vile Grand Moff Tarkin showed up again. Uh, you know, we haven't seen him since the Clone Wars. And that's when it just, I mean, I like the show and it's been interesting, but it just got really interesting to me. So that, that episode when they captured Kanan and, you know, the others had to go off on their own and they blew up the communication tower. Oh, is that like spoilers for people? If you're <laughs> watching the show and you haven't watched that episode, don't listen to that part I just said. Uh, so <laughs> anyways, I can't wait to kind of see the like it's funny. I can't wait to see the season two premiere thing at Celebration. Yeah, I know that when I saw the the season one premiere at Fan Expo in Canada, being able to see that in a theater setting with 
right. tons of Star Wars fans was the best. So I'm definitely looking right, to and that. that's why I I kind of missed out on that with you know with like Clone Wars stuff when it was popular. I I think I went to one of the premieres, so kind of did it, but I I missed out with the uh, the Star Wars Rebels until like the very last uh, a last minute sort of thing happened in L.A. and I was able to go. It was a smaller theater, but it was still cool, and Dave Filoni was there, and so I had a great time. But I'm like I'm just gonna go when there's a ton of fans because I want to see all the craziness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, Star Wars Celebration. I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, me too. So far, though, I've only gotten my tickets, my hotel, and my bash tickets. So i got to work right. on my flight right, and all the other stuff that goes along with it. <laughs> We're working on some terrific stuff for the 501st Legion booth. I mean, there's going to be tons of stuff going on. The thing is, it's not really stuff you can talk about because it won't sound as exciting as it will be when you see it in person. So... For Legion members, you know, we're trying to put stuff. There's definitely sign-ups on the boards. We need people to volunteer for some shifts within the booth and for the, the, the some of the skits we're going to do that'll make fans happy. Uh, there's some really exciting news that's going to be on our board soon. So just, you know, keep checking that out. But for anyone who's listening that's not a member, just know that the 501st is going to represent. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, by its very nature, it's a whole you know, visual things. Oh, so it's yeah. Like, exactly. Really That's what I mean. You know, it's, it's hard to like yeah. talk about it. Like you just have to come see it. I mean, it's going to be awesome anyway, because there's going to be customers from all over the place. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's to quote the, uh, wait, is it the Incredibles with the little kid? That was totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be that. <laughs> And this episode's shout-out is a congratulations to Walter Santos, BH3738 of the Portuguese Outpost, who is our December Legion Trooper of the Month. As we mentioned earlier in the show, our Portuguese Outpost had a hugely successful Comic-Con back in December, and Walter was instrumental in making it so. Not only did he arrange to get his Outpost ready for a major convention, but he went above and beyond to arrange travel and accommodations for troopers visiting from Spain, Ireland, and France. His efforts also helped raise 1,330 euros for the local leukemia charity and several blood donors as well. So, well done. Definitely well done. And the Legion had three other worthy nominees in December. Kevin Weir, TK812 of the Southern California Garrison, whose efforts as an armorer have helped launch the 501st into the age of Star Wars Rebels. Daniel Wong, TK6316 of the Malaysian Outpost, whose charitable heart has helped raise thousands to benefit orphans, and to Lee Michaels, TR-3676 of the Badlands Garrison, whose work on our Legion Charity Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash 501st Charity, has raised awareness of the bad guys doing good all around the world. So congratulations to Walter and to all of our December nominees, and keep up the great work, troopers. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, 
or go to facebook.com forward slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter at at 501st Legion or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm, copyright 2015, Lucasfilm Limited, in trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization.